Well, it's been a while since the last Reasonable Fan Podcast, so welcome back and thanks again for listening. I had intended to make a few more up until now, but A, I got lazy, and B, there's been a lot happening in the world of the Flames of late. So some of it I wanted to wait for to come to its conclusion, some of it I just needed to wait for a little more material. I do have a couple on the docket here, but this one in particular I think deserves a podcast all of its own, and... Uh, might get a little heavy, but in light of what's happened the last week or so, I think it, it deserves some talk. Uh, there's obviously been a lot of dialogue in the in the news about this, and uh, of course, I'm talking about the resignation of Bill Peters from coaching the Calgary Flames and everything that has gone along with it. It's uh, going to be a trend, I think, for the NHL moving forward. Now, this type of allegation and inquiry and questioning of the ethos of hockey just in general um, for lack of a better term so I'm going to dive right into I guess the analysis of everything what that happened a summary of what happened and, and my thoughts about the whole situation so for those who are somehow unaware of what happened <laughs> being a hockey fan I don't know how you would be unaware of this but um, late last week during a game between the Flames and the Pittsburgh Penguins Former Flame player Akeem Alou made a tweet, and this was in reference to the Mike Babcock firing from Toronto and the fallout that happened there about how terrible of a person he is, for lack of a better word. Um, Akeem Alou basically said, well, you think Mike Babcock is bad? Well, you should listen to what Bill Peters was like. And Akeem Alou had Bill Peters as a head coach when they played in Rockford in the AHL, and this is about 10 years ago. This was part of the Chicago system. And uh, Bill Peters was the head coach in Rockford, and Akeem Alou was a, a rookie that year. Akeem Alou alleged that at one point during the season, he was in charge of the music in the dressing room, and I guess players take turns doing this, and me never being in a professional hockey dressing room before, I guess this is a pretty normal occurrence where people will, will take over the music for a certain period of time. And I guess Bill Peters didn't really like too much... Um, the kind of music that Akeem Alou was playing. And he made that clear in front of the whole dressing room using a racial slur in the process. And for those of you who don't know, Akeem Alou is uh, a black man. I think he was born in Nigeria. He grew up in, um, in the Ukraine and then came to Canada, I think, when he was about seven or eight years old um, and grew up playing hockey here and all that kind of stuff. As kind of an aside, and it's somewhat pertinent to the story, somewhat not, Akeem Alou's career started off with some promise and then just totally flamed out. Um, ironically, his last team he played for in the NHL was the Flames. <laughs> um, but he never quite panned out. He was sort of labeled as somewhat of a pariah. He was hard to coach. He had an attitude. And he was also caught up in a really brutal hazing incident when he was in the WHL. I don't exactly remember what team he played for, but that made big news as well. So he was kind of behind the eight ball pretty much his entire career. Um, and now he's coming out against Bill Peters with these allegations of racist conduct. So the Flames reacted, I guess, the best way they probably could have here, and that was to start an investigation on the situation. Obviously, Brad Treliving doesn't want to fire his coach just based on allegation, just based on essentially what was at that point hearsay. Um, so they took Bill Peters away from the team, um, which was the right thing to do uh, while they conducted their investigation. Ultimately for the Flames, they were kind of caught up in sort of wrong place, wrong time in all of this. 
these allegations, these situations happened at a time when Bill Peters was not a, an employee of the Calgary Flames and these sorts of things did not happen under the employ of the Flames. But because he was the current coach of the Flames, it fell into their purview to try and figure out what happened. Mostly because I think the Flames knew that they were going to fire Bill Peters due to all of this. The evidence in the end became pretty incon like, incontrovertible against him that these things did actually happen. And so the Flames knew they were going to fire him. But because coaches sign fixed contracts, if you fire your coach, you still owe them the full value of that contract. So they had to do their investigation to figure out if they could, A, fire him for a breach of contract due to conduct unbecoming of the team, all that kind of stuff, or if there's any other way for them to get rid of this coach without having to pay him the 4 to $6 million, whatever it was that was left owing on his contract. In the end, Bill Peters tendered a resignation. Now, how it came to that point, we probably will never know. There's some speculation that there would have been some um, negotiation between the team, the NHL, and Bill Peters and his lawyer into getting them to that point. My guess is that throughout that negotiation, Bill Peters was largely recommended to resign from the team. The Flames are not on the hook for the rest of his contract, most likely. And I don't know if it saves Bill Peters any face here for not getting fired, but it was probably the best outcome for the Flames anyways um, to have him resign his position as head coach. Now let's go back into the originating situation that Akeem Alou um, reported to have happened. Now, I don't know, because I don't know Bill Peters as a person, I don't know if he's a racist person. And is what he did racist? Or what he said racist? And it's really hard to say without knowing the context of how this all happened. Reading the statement in print, if you just read it straight up, man, that sounds bad. <laughs> man, it sounds bad what he said. If you change the tone of what's said, I, I, you know, it's, it's hard to say. And... So I guess the answer to this is, it was this situation racist? The answer is yes and no. He should never have said what he said, especially to someone like Akeem Alou. That's just distasteful. Even if you're trying to make a joke, you, you got to read the room, man. You need to understand that you are a person in A, in a position of power. B, you're a white man talking to a black man. And like, even if you're joking, you'd as a professional, you cannot have that relationship with somebody essentially in your employer under your direct supervision. That is unprofessional to the nth degree, and there's no place for that whatsoever. That being said, though, I don't know if that automatically makes Bill Peters a racist. It, it may not. And, and for something like that, it, it's, nobody can really judge that unless they know the person and if there's a pattern of behavior there. The most interesting part about this was that the Flames did end up talking to Oliver Shillington. Obviously, he is someone of African descent who's originally from Sweden. Um, and the media talked to him as well. And he said that he had felt no mistreatment from the Flames, which is somewhat telling. That doesn't excuse or exonerate Bill Peters from his behavior 10 years ago, but does provide a little bit of context into the question of, is Bill Peters a racist? And I, to me, I think the answer is no. He did something really stupid. He got punished for it, which was correct. And that's kind of where, where it goes. The fact of the matter is, though, Akimalu did not deserve to have that kind of treatment from someone in Bill Peters' position, or in any position, for that matter. He's playing his music as something he enjoys. He's the one who's in charge of the music. I mean, music aside, those words should never have been said by someone of Bill Peters standing at the time, and, and that's that. The, the main question then afterwards is, why didn't anyone say anything? 
And I think that's something that a lot of people are bringing up right now. It's like, wow, if, if it was wrong, then why wouldn't you say something at the time? The answer to that is it's not that simple. If you have to consider this, where Akeem Alou was in that process, he was probably about 19, 20 years old. He's a rookie to professional hockey, and you have a somewhat hard-nosed coach making some comments to you. As a rookie, you don't really want to step out of line and, and jeopardize yourself in your professional career, so you stay quiet. And, uh, you know, you can kind of sympathize with that. It's not easy to stand up to authority all the time. I mean, ultimately, Akeem Alou started acting out against his coach. Uh, this is something that he admitted to later on, which was not the right response for him whatsoever. You would think, and maybe in hindsight is twenty twenty, but you would think that he would have been better served talking about it openly with his coach or with management before trying to just lash out because there would have been no context for management and for the coach at the time as to why Kimalu was lashing out. Bill Peters for sure never thought anything about the, co the comments he had made in the situation that had happened before. He probably thought it was done and dusted. And so now you have this player acting like a jerk on the ice and you have no idea why. It's not difficult to see why Akeem Alou was seen to be a difficult person after that situation because he's acting out without any sort of context behind it. And that kind of leads into the this last of Akeem Alou's statements on this and something that I really question myself. And it kind of... For, I mean, I, not that I had a huge uh, appreciation for Akeem Alou before this, but he did blame this one situation as the starting factor of the decline of his career or the, the reason why his career never got to the heights that it got to. And personally, I kind of question that. I don't think that it was the reason why his career fizzled out. There's multiple things that went into it. And I, I mentioned just, just before, too, that I don't think that Akeem Alou handled this in the way that he probably should have. He didn't exactly set himself up for success. The right way to do this in any professional setting, I'm not even just talking about hockey right now, the right way to do this is if you feel wronged, you have to go to your manager and talk about these things and make sure that it's out in the open, that you, they understand why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. You can't just go up to your superior and start acting like a dick. If you start doing that, they're going to get rid of you pretty much immediately because they don't understand why you're acting like a dick. It, that's just how you're appearing to them. And so Akimalu earned that label by his mismanagement of the situation as well. Not that I'm excusing what Bill Peters did, any of that kind of stuff obviously was hurtful. It sat in, in Alou's mind for a long, long time, but there's two sides to this story. So I don't think it's right for him to blame everything that happened in his career on that one situation life is complicated, humans are complicated, and there's a lot more to it than just that. So um, I didn't quite think that that was appropriate, that his, he could blame his whole failure of a career on that one moment. Contributing factor, yes, not the contributing factor. So that leads me to basically the point of this entire podcast. And I think the question that the NHL, the Flames, every organization in professional hockey has to ask themselves right now, Given what happened, that was wrong. Bill Peters makes a racially charged comment to a person of color. Why did he not feel comfortable talking about it? And that's the real question here. Why couldn't Akeem say anything then? Why didn't he feel comfortable going to the higher-ups or whatever to talk about what had happened? And this doesn't even have to apply to racism. This can apply to any other kind of mistreatment, abuse, anything that somebody's uncomfortable with in a professional setting, why can't they talk about it? And this is a huge problem in sports in general. Um, but right now, obviously, it is um, front of mind for the NHL. 
in any professional company, mine included, there's a human resources department. And the whole point of them being there is that if you feel like you need to talk about something, if you feel that something is going wrong with your managers, they sort of provide an avenue where you can get help, essentially, where you can sort of air out your grievances and they will take it up with the appropriate people. Um, it can be somewhat anonymous. Usually it is actually depending on the type of feedback. And hockey doesn't have human resources. But essentially that that provides like a proper channel for you to give feedback on how you're feeling before you like go nuclear and just quit your job. And at the end of the day, hockey is a professional organization. It is a business. And for it to not have that kind of channel is a really strange thing, especially when they employ teenagers. They employ people for all the way from 18 up to 40 for their players and even like their staff can be older that kind of stuff but it is a professional organization how is there no way for people to talk about things openly or like if, the, if they're feeling wronged if they're feeling abused they have no way to communicate with that they're basically just told to sit down shut up and just gut it out be a man which i i hate that saying by the way um not only is it sexist but it's just wrong like there's no book saying that you have to be mentally tough about everything and just swallow everything and just you know grit your teeth and bear it that is not an acceptable response to anything that happens in your life so in the end bill peters was not fired although it essentially he was he was just told to resign his post and to me bill peters was not the problem in all of this he even my babcock or any of the other coaches that are under fire now for their conduct over the years are not the problem they're only merely symptoms of the problem the things that you're seeing happening now are symptoms of the main problem what is the main problem the main problem is that players are too scared or feel unable to speak out against things that are happening to them and the real question is why? The why is the culture of hockey. The culture of hockey, quite frankly, is garbage. I mentioned before that it's a professional organization, and it is. Every single team is a professional organization, but they certainly don't run themselves that way. They run themselves in a way to make the most money, and that is, to make the most money is how you, to do that, you exploit your players to the, to the most degree you possibly can. You pay them well to do it, sure, but you don't exactly make it the most inviting of, of professional uh, environments really so to do this to get the most out of them you can hire a hard-nosed coach who will you know <laughs> basically verb verbally abuse their players to try and get the most out of them there are a number of instances just i mean obviously this is from hearsay of coaches who will play mind games to try and get the most out of their players i guess they feel like if players play mad they play at their best bob hartley is probably one of the best examples of that and you only have to talk to red warner about him for about five minutes before you truly understand the kind of coach that bob hartley was did his tactics work well actually yeah they kind of did if you kind of get a, a player into the the fuck you mindset like i'm gonna show this guy like I am worth something. I can, I can do this. Like I'm going to prove you wrong in everything. It does work sometimes, but not in the long run. You, these, these people, they're people too. And it can only last for so long that that would be acceptable for them. If you could actually get into a situation of mutual respect, I feel like you'd get a lot more out of these, these people over the long run than you would just for a short period of time. And <clears throat> I don't buy the excuse nowadays of people being snowflakes saying that, you know, like this is all 
it, it was it was totally fine back then, so it should be fine now. Stop being so sensitive about it. I don't buy that. You are normal people. You deserve respect just like anybody else, and athletes are no different. And the underlying excuse for all of this, too, is that, well, boys will be boys. They're, I mean, they're men. They're men. Act like men. You can take it. But you can't. You just can't. Over, over a course of five, ten years, even one year, you can't take that kind, of, that kind of treatment. You are still a person and you deserve respect. It doesn't really seem like hockey has provided the kind of culture where that's actually possible. The ones who get respect are the ones who are the stars. And the interesting thing about this, in, in all of these situations with Mike Babcock, Bill Peters, the ones who are speaking out are not star players, interestingly enough. And I feel like it's because they tend to get preferential treatment. It's the borderline players who don't. They're the ones who are fighting for their jobs every single day. And they're the ones who probably face the most scrutiny from the coaches. And they're also the ones who are least likely to speak out because if you do, well, that could torpedo your career. So say Akeem Alou does say something at the time. I mean, he could have just faced the same fate that he did anyways, even if he had. And so it's a really, yeah, the whole situation is, is very difficult, obviously. Um, the end of the day, though, like I said before, you have to act professional at all times. And that's not what's happening here. And truthfully, the professionalism has to extend all the way through the organization. And I, I think general managers have a certain expectation of how they're supposed to behave because they're like the manager of everything. But that also extends to the coaching staff and to the players as well. You have to have mutual respect for each other and you have to act professionally. You can't be you know, verbally berating each other. You can't be getting into, into fist fights or making any kind of physical contact with each other. I understand that this is hockey and I understand that it's a sport and this is athletics, but you still have to compose yourself in a certain way to get the most out of each other. And even in like minor hockey, that stuff is not acceptable, but it seems like it is. If you know what I mean, like in, in the culture of hockey, it seems acceptable that you can have some, you know, 35 year old man screaming at, at children. And that, that just doesn't seem right. Everybody thinks that they're going to the show. And then even when they're in the show, that behavior is still okay. It starts from a very young age and it perpetuates all the way through the end of somebody's career. How is this okay? And I'm glad that this conversation is coming up finally, because I, I think it was always known, but never never truly recognized that hockey culture is toxic. And I don't think, I mean, it suits some people just fine, but for others, they really struggle with this kind of stuff. And you can see situations where like it is those where people in power are able to take advantage of those who are under them. Ther look at Theron Fleury um, or Sheldon Kennedy, the ones who were, they were sexually abused. And that's like the far extreme of abuse in athletics or even, um, look at um, the U.S. gymnastics scandal that happened last year. It's the exact same thing. This is not limited to just hockey. It happens throughout all of athletics. You have kids who want to be something. They want to be a star. They want to be what they're not right now, and they will do anything to get there. And so that means that others, it makes them vulnerable. It makes them vulnerable to those abuses, to being taken advantage of, because those in power know that they hold the key to this person's success. And that person also knows that the person ahead of them is going to be their key to success. So are you going to really speak out against them? Probably not, because you know that's how you're going to get what you want. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, too, is I guess the timing of all of this. And 
obviously Kim Alou felt that this was the right time with everything happening with Mike Babcock to speak out against what he had experienced as a member of the Rockford Ice Hogs. And he's also faced a lot of flack. And Bill Peters has been given a free pass from a lot of people over the fact that this happened 10 years ago. I want to know why people think that just because this happened 10 years ago that Bill Peters should be exonerated. To me, this kind of behavior has no statute of limitations. It wasn't right 10 years ago. It's not right now. It wasn't right 20 years ago. The thing is that 10 years ago, it wasn't able to be talked about in an open setting. And now maybe it's a little more acceptable to do that. The thing is, you are not free from the things that you said 10 years ago. And I wrote down this quote when I was planning out this podcast, and it's, it's something that the police say to you when you get arrested. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you. And it goes on to talk about court of law and all that kind of stuff. But I think it applies here too. In a professional setting, you don't have to say the things that you say. Bill Peters did not have to make that comment about Akeem Alou's music. You are the coach of a freaking hockey team. Who gives a shit? What music is being played in that dressing room? And even if you don't like it, there are many other ways to say that you don't like it. The English language is a very complicated thing, and there are many different words to describe many different things. You can afford to be a little more eloquent in how you describe your distaste for the music that Akima Lu was using. And even though he didn't realize it at the time, the language that he chose to use was very hurtful and damaging to a, a vulnerable young man. You have a responsibility to know that as his coach. You have to understand your players. As a manager at any job, you have to understand the people who work for you. You have to understand what, what makes them tick, what they're vulnerable to, and you have to act like basically not an asshole. It's not that hard to not be an asshole. And I don't think P Bill Peters has really got that message. And I think there are a lot of other coaches in the NHL who also don't get that message. Now, the nice thing is that we can actually talk about these things right now. The other thing is that there's Twitter, so people can say these things without having to say it face-to-face -face with somebody else. And some may see Akeem Alou as being sort of whiny, and why didn't you talk about it earlier? Well, I mean, you know what? At this point, it doesn't really matter anymore. The fact of the matter is these things happened. It was proved to have happened, and now we have to deal with it. The fact that it's out in the public now is a good thing because it's causing the hockey world to question its ethos as I said at the very beginning of, of this podcast. What is the ethos of hockey? What has it been traditionally, and what do we want it to be moving forward? And it's true that the generation of kids who are coming into hockey now are different than what they were 10, 15 years ago. I think that they understand that they need to be treated with respect and as professionals. And I don't think that that was the understanding for a long time in hockey. And for those of you who think that that, like, that shouldn't be the case, well, you're just plain wrong. Even as an 18-year-old getting paid to play hockey, you are a professional. This is a professional career, and you deserve to be treated as such. You're not supposed to be just sucking it up or just being a man. That, that has absolutely nothing to do with this. Your sexuality has nothing to do with this. You command the same respect as anybody else who's 10, 15, 20 years older than you. Just because you're a rookie doesn't mean you have to participate in a, in a hazing um, event like there's been some disgusting things that happen in sports just in general with respect to hazing and there's no place for that anymore why they was even there in the first place is beyond me to be fair guys really act strange when they're around other guys it's true 
they're not the same person by themselves or even around women as they would be around other guys. They just get gross and weird around other guys. I mean, I know I do sometimes. And to have that happen in a professional setting is just weird and kind of embarrassing. So hockey and sports in general is kind of facing a, a, a moment where they have to look at themselves in the mirror a little bit and they need to reassess what they stand for. And I think these conversations are really good. They're really, really good. And if there's one thing that can be taken away from all of this, by every single team in the NHL, by any other team in any other professional sport, is that there needs to be an avenue, there needs to be a channel for those under the employ of the team to talk openly about how they're feeling, how they're being respected, and to, I guess, give semi-anonymous feedback as to what's happening within the organization. The coach and the general manager don't get carte blanche to treat their players the way they want to just because it's, a, it's an athletics organization. And really, that, that would be the, the main win here for all of sport, is that there's no more boys will be boys. There's no more, well, what happens in the dressing room stays in the dressing room. You must treat each other with respect all the way up every channel of the organization. And I know this is uncomfortable for a lot of people. A lot of people in the NHL, obviously, there's been very different reactions to how this whole Akeem Alou situation went, came forth, or even from some of the other people reporting various other incidents involving Bill Peters. It's uncomfortable. And you could tell listening to Brad Treliving in his press conference talking about the whole investigation, he was uncomfortable with all of this because it had never been done before. Amazingly, it's the year 2019 and this has never been dealt with before. He is the trailblazer for all this. And to be fair, I think he handled this just admirably. He did about as well as you possibly could have given the circumstances and laid down the framework for how this is going to be handled in the future. And I think there's going to be a lot more going on in the near future regarding conduct of players, coaches, general managers. And as I said before, there is no statute of limitations. It could have happened 20 years ago and people would be held responsible for the actions, their actions, as they should have, because they should have been held responsible for the actions 20 years ago, but there was no, no means for them to do that. Or they just didn't, the organization didn't want to hold them accountable for that. So I'm going to try and wrap this up here because I feel like I could just start ranting about this forever and ever, but to, to wrap things up, Bill Peters is no longer the coach of the Calgary Flames. Um, they promoted their associate head coach uh, Jeff Ward to the coaching position, which is a good thing. It brings new life into the organization and gets rid of uh, a man who is now irrevocably tarnished um, by his own doing, by his own actions, by his own words. He's done this all to himself. This was no witch hunt. I mean, at first you kind of wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt because a tweet on Twitter is just hearsay, but throughout the course of the investigation, there was no getting out of this for him. It's what he did. It's what he said. And he's going to have to live with that now, unfortunately. And I mean, we all make mistakes in our lives, but this was a pretty egregious one, especially coming from a man in a position of power against someone who was vulnerable. And I guess if there's one message to take away from all of this for all of you who listen, don't be an asshole. <laughs> As I said before, it's not hard to not be an asshole. Just treat people with respect, be open and honest, and if you feel like you've been wronged, there's got to be somebody you can tell about it. And if there's not, wherever you are at this position, point in time, that's a problem. And we have to keep working together as a society until we can actually have environments of mutual respect amongst everybody, for everybody, and by everybody. 
anyway, thanks for listening. I'll have a little more lighthearted of a podcast coming up. Um, well, not really. Things haven't been going the best for Flames on the ice either, so I'll be talking about that in the next podcast. But thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>